You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't call it a comeback. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. With me, as always, I'm mimicking John Duke. He's doing karaoke, if you can see it on the video right now. I love it. Um, and John, obviously, <laughs> still not a lot of news. You and I dragging ourselves through the off season. I, I did get some messages after our last show saying, you know, we should talk about maybe some of our favorite teams of past years. And so, you know, maybe we'll title, uh, this show, the next show, we'll talk about the 80s Celtics or something along those lines. But we did get a little bit of a scare and some news. Today that I think, well, today being that we're recording uh, the late evening of the 3rd, and then this will come out on the 4th. But um, so we're going to talk. <laughs> You're like, not this Justin. Not the Justin from the last two weeks. <laughs> Classic. Maybe. I can just see it. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. We'll make this one more quick hitting. We'll focus on the positives and the negatives of being involved uh, with Team USA and FIBA. Well, no, the, the risks, maybe. Yeah, the yeah, risks yeah. and the benefits versus maybe not positives and negatives, but risks and benefits. And, you know, we did already have an ankle injury scare earlier. This is the second one. And everybody just crazy nervous about ankles uh, based on how the season started not quite two years ago for Gordon Hayward. So you can imagine the kind of, I don't want to say uproar, but the ripple through social media, especially in an information-starved time of the year when uh, Tatum and Kemba are going off in um, overtime and then Tatum winds up rolling his ankle coming down after a dunk. Certainly, everybody could be a little nerve-wracked by that, but it looks like he's going to hopefully shake it off in short order. They did get a one-point win over Turkey, which was probably their biggest test to date so good good to see him get a win good to see two of our Celtics favorites involved in securing that win unfortunate to see somebody get an injury and as you and I were leading into this Marcus Smart already having had an ankle injury one albeit we were not able to view because it happened during practice as they were gearing up to uh, begin FIBA play but 
obviously he was not ready to go right off the bat and was working his way back from an ankle injury. And so this really is, again, not the positives and negatives, but definitely the risks and the benefits. Um, the benefit, the obvious takeaway benefit is Kemba and Tatum especially developing some chemistry. And then the obvious risks are ankle injuries or injuries of any kind uh, before the NBA season even gets underway. And, and as we mentioned, uh, first Smart and now Tatum, God forbid, Kemba Walker. Yeah, it's I, – I mean, I watched the the replay in Zapruder-like uh, fashion over and over, you know, back and to the left and – I guess forward and over the ankle, I guess is what it looked like. Um, you know, I, I don't, there's a lot of hysteria out there about this whole thing, you know, about, oh, they shouldn't play and wrap them in bubble wrap. And it's a lot of the same stuff we saw, we heard with Zion Williamson, where it was like, you know, is he going to, you know, should he stop playing and, and, you know, give up his chance to have his meal ticket and, oh my gosh, if he blows on his ankle, what's going to happen? Well, look what happened to, you know, you know, <laughs> look at KD. Uh, you know, the Achilles is, is, I would say, a much worse injury. It's probably the worst injury you can have in basketball. And, you know, Brooklyn didn't think twice. They, they said, uh, where do we sign to give you the full max, you know? So, and, and everyone else would have wanted him to. So the idea that somehow the injury, uh, you got to play basketball, man, you know, and these injuries, they suck. They're, they're terrible. I mean, there's nothing good about it. I'm not saying that there's a, oh, there's a sunny, uh, disposition. There's no silver line to the cloud. It sucks. He hurt. Thank God it's not as bad as it seemed. But if, if I'm, you know, Jason Tatum, it sucked to get in, have hurt, have him hurt like that. But his impact at the end of that game against Turkey, he and Kemba assisted or scored on 22 of the team's last 28 points. Uh, you know, this is stuff that's really making an impact. And now yeah, he missed the free throws at the end of the game, at the end of under regulation that would have cinched it. But to me, like, yes, that's important. But the bigger picture is what he's doing as a player. The play is effectively that won the game was a rebound that he got, drove the length of the court, and unfortunately turned his ankle. But right before that, dishes it to uh, Chris Middleton, who gets fouled and, and you know obviously makes the free throws, and they win. That's Jason Tatum made the play. So the idea that somehow he's just a shooter, he's just a scorer, I hope people are kind of being dissuaded from that because clearly he has an intellect and he has an ability. I just hope the injury doesn't hold him back from being able to be even more of a, of a talent and be able to grow more in that area here over the next few weeks. No, you can't take the aggressiveness away from a player, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing. If they're playing basketball, then they're all in playing basketball. Injuries are part of the sport, and that's the real, no, you can't put the kid gloves on. You might as well pull them because people get hurt going half, too. You try to say, oh, go 50%. Now, you're asking for trouble going at 50% just as much as you're asking for trouble playing altogether. As a matter of fact, I think there's a an argument to be made that you're more likely to get hurt not going at it 100% and and just kind of loafing around. You know, it's especially some of those just weird plays, right? Not getting back on defense, but you're kind of strutting, running backwards, and then you just land on somebody's foot because you weren't looking where you were going. Like, there's just so many things that can happen. I don't think it's I, – I just don't think it's reasonable. You're, you're be, In this argument, you're really taking a stance that you – 
are concerned that injuries are they that that, that no I should say that you're going to have to take a stance that the injury isn't worth the risk period and you yank them. I don't want them out mm-hmm. there. I don't right. want them playing. And guess what? That is the statement that the rest of the league has made. That's why this team is thin. So there is an argument to be made on that side of the equation. On the other side of it, you know, you've got a, uh, I don't want to say ball dominant because Kim is not ball dominant, but he was in Charlotte in many ways, mm-hmm. especially in turn, maybe not, maybe he's fine to work off ball, but he's definitely a lead guard, you know, just the amount of utilization in Charlotte's offense, et cetera. And being able to develop some early chemistry before training camp, I think could help a ton. And I, and I think this is a situation if we're a year from now and this team gets to the Eastern Conference finals and is one game away from having gone to the finals. And, you know, we were talking, you know, that they were going back to play with Team USA and FIBA this time next year. I might say, I'm not sure that it's worth it. But because it's before this crew gets together, I think it's worth the risk. And really, the expectations aren't there. So that's why I bring out if this were a year later and they had been within one game of going to the finals and they'd had another offseason to kind of make some moves and put a roster together and the championship aspirations were higher, then I would definitely say, ah, maybe it's not worth the risk and these guys should stay home like many of the other NBA vets. But they, they've got something to prove. All these guys have something to prove right now. You know, and that's, that's a very important thing. To ask a guy like Jason Tatum, who has, sure, he's got a lot of people singing these praises and think he's great, and a lot of Celtics fans are among them, many of them unwilling to give him up for Anthony Davis, right? But that, after this season, how many of, how many Celtics fans are, is the, is the number, is it, 80%, 90% like it was? No, I mean, it's 60, 50%. There's a lot of people who are jumping off the bandwagon after a year where, you know, he, while he wasn't, uh, you know, other world, uh, in his, you know, what he did on the floor, he was fine. I mean, was he, did he, it was a question of not make, reaching expectations. You know, that's a lot of this for Tatum is the fact he didn't, he was only here instead of going, you know, above, uh, Really, I think unreasonably so. Uh, a level that uh, a guy at the age of 20, 21 years old, uh, probably very few people have reached that strata. And that's, and that's the only way all of those people would have been happy. So there's a tinge of this disappointment around. But look, I mean, <laughs> the guy still shot 48% for the field. He's, he averaged 15.7 points a game, six rebounds. You know, I, I, you know, look, there's faults in his game. Year three is but the year. Come on. Year, exactly. th- year three is the year. We said this for Smart. He didn't break out. We said it for Brown, and he sort of broke out at the end of year two. But really, the whole chemistry took away his opportunity to do the year thing uh, last year. So year three, I think, for Tatum, especially where you just noted very astutely, and as we have on several shows <laughs> during the off season, <laughs> very astute of you. Um, as we've said many times, you know that that this you know this this year three. I think really could be the one that finally the stars align properly for a Celtics young player uh, for Tatum. And, and he has, he was level or better in most categories last year, just not as much of a standout and definitely not in the postseason. But there was 
a lot of a lot of shots to go around, a lot of offense to facilitate, mm-hmm. and he's going to be much more featured like he was uh, the second half of year one in his rookie year uh, again this season. And I think again that's why it makes so much sense. At least we knew Kemba and Tatum were going to be on this team. We knew right. Brown and Smart were on the fringe, and then due to injuries and people dropping off, they wind up hanging around. Another benefit for Brown in this scenario, as we talked. Uh, touched upon, I'd say, last show, was the fact that he's experimenting with a power forward position. And I've seen a lot of articles, or I saw at least one article this week that talked about Hayward getting time at the four. And I think maybe that was a Celtics blog article. And they, or at least, uh, yeah, I think it was Celtics blog. I think blog, it was, yeah. Yeah. If it, if it wasn't, it was, uh, the network. It was one of the networks and it posted on Celtics blog. But either way, um, you know, the idea that Hayward would play the four. And I think that's what you and I thought would happen. The year that Hayward joined the team, that we'd see that small ball lineup with Horford at center, and you would get some Hayward uh, run at the four. And he had kind of bulked up a little bit, I thought, for that first year with the intent of doing that. But I think I think the experimentation or the continued experimentation at a different level with Brown at the four with Team USA is definitely something to keep an eye on. Regardless, one of him and Smart may likely end up on the bench uh, with Hayward and, and Tatum in that starting lineup. You never know. We also talked about something that was also floated in the same article on Celtics blog where they might just go crazy. Funny that that came up a week after our show, after our show talking about, can you roll out that super small lineup, even without Cantor uh, in the starting lineup, or at least maybe even the finishing lineup. And certainly you can. So interesting takes all around. Um, I am going to remind everybody that you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. CLNS's YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. Views. And pretty soon it's coming around. Right now you've got the round table, et cetera, et cetera. But the Garden Report will be back. And while baseball season is in full swing, placing a wager on baseball has never been easier with all the best odds at betonline.ag. And this week, John, who are you watching the Sox play? Oh, God. Uh, how about the Sox Yankees? Want to I mean, do football? football? No, 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 no. Not no, yet. No, no, another week. Sox Yankees, look, Sox are. A handful of games back from the wild card. It's not likely. I think there's an eight percent chance that they'll come back. But uh, hey, look, let's uh, let's see if it happens and uh, give it a shot. So Sox Yankees, you know, get some hate out of them. Maybe not take the net Yankees down a peg. Maybe the Sox get a little bit of some good juju going and uh, make a run. So that's what I'm watching. All right. Well, I tease the NFL preseason, but. I think that one's in the books, right? So yeah, celebrate so. another season kickoff or to celebrate another season kickoff, betonline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you 50% as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season, get into all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. John, there is another concern 
not just an injury concern, but there is another concern with having especially four players from the Celtics on Team USA, and that is it's almost like extending the season. And You've already got all this feedback and all this discussion, and it happened last year, about you know the 82 games it's too long the toll that it takes on the players and i guess with with the the rotations and the the size of this team if guys need a night off it'll still be pretty easy to do it might not lead to as many wins over the course of the year but you think you have to think that that brad can manage that to some degree but it does essentially extend the season because it is live game action it's not off-season workouts you'd think that the celtics would get off to a hot start because their conditioning, especially for these four players, ought to be pretty heightened when the season starts. And while other players will be shaking off the rust, I am expecting the Celtics to get off to a somewhat hot start. That first fifth of the year is one that you almost toss out in terms of performance of the teams. Like it can be an aberration in many cases. But I think the Celtics ought to be able to take care, uh, take advantage of some of that. This year, um, because they'll be in game shape for certain by the time the season starts and rolls around, and they should be a little crisper in their rotations and just from having all these practice. So I, I think there's a, a definite maybe uptick in wins, and maybe it's a cancellation. Maybe it cancels out you know, the potential losses from giving nights off throughout the year to stay fresh for the postseason. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think a team that's predominantly young as this team is. I mean, look, you have four rookies coming in. You've got, uh, you know, a number of guys still on their rookie contracts. Uh, certainly the majority of the team is on a rookie contract. Uh, I bet, I, I, I haven't done the numbers, but I bet it's, it's probably, the, probably 10 of the 15. Uh, you know, if you probably were to sit back and look at the team and look at who's on there, um, it'd be interesting to figure that out. Um, I'll, actually, let's just, just very quickly, let's see, we've got, uh, Gordon, Smart is not, Kemba, Cantor. Four of the, of the, well, you could even go as far as the two-way guys and, and Taco Fall. But let's say that of the 15, only four of the 15 guys are, are not on a rookie contract. So they're young. They're, uh, they're stupid. Uh, and, and they can, I think they can run a little bit. You know? <laughs> you just call um, them stupid. Yeah, so much know, for what, your media what? pass for the next uh, couple of years. Whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. I know what you mean. But they are. They're, they're like, green. They're green. They're green. <laughs> and I mean, I think the, the, the challenge is uh, trying to get enough repetition, trying to get those young players to play consistently. You know, I think that's going to be the challenge of the 2020 Celtics is to to know that, yeah, you've got Kemba Walker and you've got Marcus Smart, I guess, who's who's a veteran at this point, and it's Cantor, uh, Tice. But there's, you know, the rest of these guys need to find a level as a player. Even, even guys like, uh, you know, Tatum, Brown. Uh, those guys need to find to find their games to a point where there's a consistent level of effort, and you need to do that for 82 games. And if this gets them a jump start, uh, uh, gets them hot, gets them going a little bit earlier, and they're more prepared to play, they can use that confidence to boost themselves. I'd rather have them run out of the second in the in the playoffs than I would have them uh, be fresh. But be still be inexperienced and and probably still come up short, you know. I, I I don't. I think I'd rather have them come in hot and see what happens, you know. Let that youthful inexperience uh, 
you know, power, whatever they become as a team. This team, this Celtics team, uh, we've talked about it a lot. This is a new era. This is a new page. This is a whole new look. And the, the, what the Celtics need is they need to change change the whole laundry from last year. And that's what they're really going to be doing this start of this season. So if this is the way, if this is a way, I guess, to, to turn that page, then I'm all for it. And I'm not, I'm less concerned with the end of next season than I am just seeing everyone together and having a new, renewed, uh, focus and outlook and, and then showing it on, on the court, most importantly. Cause this team could, could talk a good game last year. What they didn't do is play a good game together often enough. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. They did not uh, play well on the court enough, and I, I think you're. I think that hot start. I think that's critical, um, and I think nights off is going to happen anyway, regardless of this, you know, early start to some degree, because they're just going to need it. To your point, to get players minutes, like I know we'll see that small lineup. I know that they're going to go fast up and down the floor, and I can't wait for that. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've been calling for them to take advantage of the youth and run, and they did not do that last year, right? Like that's really. I'm not saying that Kyrie didn't hustle, especially at the start of the year. He did hustle at the beginning of the year. You've made that point defensively, going after loose balls and all that, but it still wasn't an up tempo offense. And I'm and I'm really hoping that we're going to see some West Coast ball. Honestly, I don't know how else to put it. We know the defense is going to be somewhat of weakness, even though that's been the calling card for a lot of Brad Stevens' teams with the Celtics. And uh, I think that was in that same article. I should pull up Celtics' blog and see who wrote it and give some credit because I've referenced it enough times. <laughs> well, well, Mike Pina wrote another wrote an article about uh, that that small lineup that we were talking about as well. So I want to give. Mike Pina of the uh, of the uh, the winning plays pod uh, a shout because the it was almost the day after two days after he posted that article on uh, on Bleacher Report I believe so uh, kudos to Mike for heading down that same road that we did because it it I, to me that's that's the intriguing lineup of the Boston Celtics in twenty you know that's the fun no one. that's that's the, yeah that's the article i am quoting michael pina it okay, was from S- it was sb nation that, i knew it wasn't sb nation there the you celtics go. blog yep. i knew it was from the network so yeah michael it, it, we are referencing the the same article but he does talk about brad stevens and how the defense has really been that calling card and but i also know he loves all that switchability and it's time to take advantage of the youth and kemba can run there's no doubt he can get up tempo and so I think it, it's time to do it. You just keep punching them in the mouth and punching them in the mouth. Yeah. The question is, last yeah. season, there were nights when shots just would not fall. And we think it got into all the players' heads. And it definitely bothered Kyrie. And I think it's part of the reason he soured is that those shots weren't falling. So he's like, let me take more. Let me take more. But then it was easier to game plan against. And that, I think that whole thing kind of spiraled out of control for the team early enough. And they didn't stick with it the kind of way that you would hope that they would have and, and overcome it. And I'm hoping this year that those shots do fall. And if the shots do fall and they play that up-tempo, and honestly, the best way to get out of a shooting funk is to take more shots. And the best way to make sure that everybody on the team gets the ball in their hands enough to stay hot when you have a lot of shooters is to take more shots. Mm -hmm. So I think we even called for it during the year last year that they should just – I remember saying this actually 
both of the last two seasons that at some point when, when the shots, when everybody's on a funk, the shots aren't falling and the percentages are low and they're getting killed on the offensive glass, that they should just get more up-tempo. They should just try to shoot their way out of the slump and out of the building with a win. And I haven't seen – we've never really seen that strategy. We've seen them stay committed to the defense. And I would like to see them finally break from that mold this year and see if they just can't spread the ball around, lots of shots for everybody, and go high-power offense. So um, I don't know if there's merit to what I'm saying, but I'd at least like to see it get experimented with. I think there's a lot of merit to what you're saying. I mean, I think that that's, that's the trick, right? That's the, that's the difference. You gotta find something that's different than everybody else. And you look at the roster from top to bottom. As you go into it on paper, again, on paper, we thought the Celtics were going to roll over the Eastern Conference a year ago. But on paper, you look at it and you say, this is a team that's best served by going small, getting frantic and playing a lot like what I think the best look for this team USA is, which is really to play frantic, play, you know, a, a defensive, up in your face, aggressive type style. As Pina pointed out in his article, you know, that's not something Brad Stevens has done traditionally. But when you look at the teams that he's had on the court, they haven't really been well suited to do that, whether it's Isaiah, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Kyrie. I mean, that was not an energy that you were going to get from those guys. I'm not saying that, uh, Isaiah well, they didn't have the weapons. Willing, but he they wasn't. Didn't have, they didn't have the weapons right. in the past during the Isaiah era. And then when they had the weapons, once, you know, Kyrie came on board, they had a year of injuries. And then last yeah. year, they just couldn't put it all together. And right. that, that probably is my biggest criticism for, for Brad Stevens last season is, is not just not abandoning the defense. I do remember saying this. I said, abandon the defense. Get everybody tons of shots, go high power offense, and then work the defense in the last maybe month and a half of the year and try to get that right while everybody is still feeling the groove on offense and they've worked all these different, you know, offensive niches in and everybody is kind of, you know, gelled to the point where they can each get their own, um, set each other up better offensively. Because the thing about defense is it's an enormous grind when you get back down on the other end of the floor and you can't put it in the bucket. It is brutal, and it makes the defense very difficult. I'd even go as far as saying that a lot of the defensive success of Brad Stevens is less about fully committing to the defense and a slower style of ball, and it's a lot more about the switchability on the floor. Like yeah. the mismatches, they masked the Isaiah Thomas mismatches, but the reason they stayed a good defensive team is because of that flexibility since then. And they're able to switch so much easier. I mean, that's part of the reason that they would keep somebody like Aaron Baines off the floor. It took an element of that switchability away, you know, and anytime they've had an undersized player out on the floor, Avery Bradley, you know, et cetera. Now, Avery was great up in your grill defender. So he masked, again, all the strategy. But I think Brad knows how to. It's the rotations, right? Brown was slow on rotations sometimes last year defensively, but. I think sometimes the offense, you fuel off of that. And if you have one bad defensive play, but you're just pressing and attacking down at the other end, you make up for the bad defensive play. Where it becomes a grind is when you're committing to defense and then you're slow on the rotations and you can't put the ball in and every single failed rotation on defense leads to a bigger and bigger scoring deficit. And then look at what happened last year. How many times did they blow it in the third quarter coming out of halftime? That's how that stuff happens in my mind. I, I also I, I think that there is 
you know, the, the lack of trust and the lack of support in each other is really, I thought, where that, um, and, and where leadership was important. I thought those, those are areas where it's difficult to, 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 to set that sort of tone when you go on the court and someone changes the play or someone changes the, the call or someone changes the situation. And we heard that a lot. We heard that from Terry Rozier and others where I think they'd go in with a plan and the plan would change based upon who was on the court. And, and, and the implication is that that was Kyrie that was doing that. And I, it's hard to, hard to, to argue otherwise that it would be anybody else. So if that's the case, you know, obviously you point to the, the totality of the Brad Stevens era. Last year was the only year where they were unable to really put things together in, in a cohesive way, where out of time, after timeouts were a complete crapshoot, you know, uh, where, you know, where things didn't fit, things didn't click. Uh, you could say it's Kyrie. It could be a, a number of different factors, but the removal of Kyrie gives everyone a reset. And whether it's the same people or not, it's going to force them to all have a different mentality going into the year. And hopefully the idea that these guys like Tatum and Brown and Smart and Kemba, for that matter, have to play as components of a, of a talented core, the hope would be that they can take that willingness to you know, step aside a bit and give up some of their roles for the larger role, the larger concern and the larger goal of winning will be a, a natural, natural progression for coming here to Boston. Now, I think they'll be needed more from each of those guys in Boston than, than there is on the national team. But the, to go back to our earlier conversation, for Jason Tatum to lead that team and to do the things with rebounding and pushing the ball and creating a play rather than catching the ball above the break, making, you know, getting a guy up in the air, one, two dribbles, and then shooting from 19 feet. You know, that's that's the stuff we saw last year. If he does what he's been doing in China, or particularly what he did near the end of the game there, to be the one of the real key pieces to help them win, he and Kemba, they're going to be a winning team. That's the part that's going to work. And I think... I think we've seen enough out of Brett Stevens to say he's going to get that figured out. And these guys are going to be figured out when they're coming in. That That's the hope. You know, a, a, about three weeks from now, training camp will start. We're going to hear a lot of great things. And if last year's any indication, we'll know right from the jump at, at the start of, of the preseason whether or not these guys are buying in and want to play for each other. Hey, that's a great teaser as the season just gets closer and closer and closer. It's really just several weeks away, but that's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Heartfelt thank you to all of you for tuning in this offseason. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer, Samuel Elias. Executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLMS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. All right, and now the outtakes. The the outtakes. What are you going to take out of this? Take out? (laughs) 
what's your, what's your favorite takeout, John? <laughs> my favorite takeout? Chinese is my favorite Chinese, takeout. right? Yeah, boom, that's easy. That's the only way to go. Chinese is sushi, good. actually. You yeah. can't go wrong, but I'm, I'm a Chinese food guy to the end, to the what end. What do you get? What do you get? Like, are you all about, like, lo mein, like shrimp lo mein, yeah. pork fried rice? Yeah. Pork fried rice, general yeah. sauce, egg rolls. Oh, general sauce. What about orange chicken? Um, we're up here, um, it depends upon where you are. Some have a better general so chicken. Some have a better, uh, orange chicken. So yep. I, the place that I go, the general so chicken is a little bit better. So that's do, my, do, that's do you my, ever do sushi? Do you ever do like mix in the Japanese? I don't see. I'm not the, the fish thing. I'm not, I mean, I like fish, but it's cooked. So I can't do the. I can't get over What about the rolls? Like, I, I mean, I get it. Not right. everybody likes sushi, right. like, you know, on top of rice or just like yep. that. But do yeah, you but like see, the rolls? Like, yeah, but see, then it's like I'm having rice and, and, and vegetables, raw vegetables. It seems like that's not really worth its time. Oh, the rolls are delicious. No, you got to get the it's bigger rice. rolls. It's rice. See, you're just doing – no, no, you're doing Philly – you're doing a Philly roll only then. You 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 have not had sushi roll. Philly roll? That was a Philly roll. Philly's got their own sushi? Is this a thing? Yeah. There's a Boston roll. That. There's Philly rolls. You you literally know nothing about sushi. The old ja- all the old Japanese in Philly roll in their sushi. No, the Philly roll is everywhere. It's, I've it's never heard of cheese, that. Cream cheese and salmon what? in a rice roll, and then it's got like the black seaweed around it. That's well, traditional salmon. Philly. That means you're, you got you got the fish smoked in salmon it. too. Yeah, the okay. fish. It's definitely fish. It's sushi, but it's a sushi roll. So you have the raw fish mixed in with rice with the seaweed wrap around it, and then they slice it up. They roll it up. They slice it up into little circles. But then they do crazy things. Like you can get the volcano roll, and then they have like like crunch on it. Oh, dude. So my kids eat it. Like both my daughters and my son and my wife and I will all eat sushi rolls. I Listen, I, I hear you about the – you know, have vol- you ever had a sushi roll? Well, listen, I'd rather have a volcano bowl than a volcano roll. Maybe if I got you a volcano bowl, you would have the volcano roll with well, me. And I, yeah, I guarantee you, if you if you ate if you went out for sushi with me and my family, or I came up and took you out, and you got rolls, your whole outlook on sushi would change. You're thinking. Just straight up slab of raw fish on top of rice, which I get. That's not for everybody. It's sashimi, and I don't always get sashimi, but when I do, no. But I definitely love the rolls, and it would change your whole per- – like sometimes there's scallions in them. Have you ever had beef negamaki? So you need to go to like a Chinese-Japanese restaurant. Have you ever had beef negamaki? Dude, wait. Okay, hold on a sec. Remember where you okay? There is a really good sushi restaurant that's in my hometown, so I shouldn't say you're in I, Maine. I don't have a, but, a. It's all right on the ocean. It's seafood. Yeah, you live on the yeah, coast. You're yeah. about to play the. Okay, there's no listen. sushi around here. Game. No, with me there is a good place in town. Coast. It's expensive. All right, all right. But come on, do people expensive. do people come to Maine to have sushi? No, they come to Maine to have lobster rolls and have yeah, haddock, you live there. clam chowder and you lobster. Oh, so is that all you eat? You just eat lobster and come on, you gotta do that. You, I'm gonna I take you out yesterday. I am gonna take today. you out for sushi rolls, and then we're gonna we have to find out if your place has beef negamaki. Now that's all cooked. 
It's all co- well. They, a lot of them don't. I have a hard time finding beef negamaki. It's not everywhere. You're gonna pull up the the menu right now, aren't you? I'm gonna do it right now. This is the beautiful part of uh, of being here in good old uh, internets. Yeah, you all pull right. it up. So I'm gonna describe to you what beef negamaki is. Okay. So beef negamaki is sort this of gonna like you want to eat it though. Yes. Yes, for sure. It's so it's basically like a bunch of um like steak strips, you know, maybe strip steak. I'm not exact I think it's strip steak, but I'm not sure. And they pound it, you know, like you would tenderize chicken or whatever. And yep. flatten it out a little bit. And then they take scallions and they wrap the scall I'm my mouth is watering as I'm telling you about oh this. Oh my goodness. They wrap the scallions with the beef around it. And it kind of like seals, they sear it together. And then they put this amazing, like, sweet slash smoky sauce all over it. Okay. Uh, and then that's that. And it is phenomenal, dude. Okay, so this place, the, the place in town, which is pretty well known and whatnot, they do not have beef negamaki. Yep. Um, nor do they have a Philly roll. How do they right? not have a Philly roll? The Philly roll is you. everywhere. It's the only. Do they have, this... a, do they have a roll with? Do they have a smoked salmon and cream cheese roll and call it something else? Everybody knows that's the Philly roll. You know how you can get sushi from like? Do you have Giant up there? What's no. the what's the what's the grocery store? Hannaford. 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 Hannaford definitely has. They a don't sushi have a Philly roll. They do not have a Philly roll. Hannaford does not have a Philly I'm roll. Telling you. They don't do it. They, or they don't call it that. Maybe yeah. they call it something. They probably else. call it the they probably call it the smoked salmon and cream cheese roll. But it's There's known a, everywhere as the Philly. So roll. they have a thing called the breakwater roll, which is salmon, avocado, and cucumber. No, that's yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's that, There's a Rockland roll because okay, yeah. What's that one? What's in that? That's crab meat with avocado, wasabi, uh, mayo, and tobiko. Dude, you will love that. The crab rolls are. Are excellent and the wasabi well, mayo. So, well, no crabs. Cooked. No crab. Crab would be cooked. So some of yeah. the rolls are cooked. Crab stick. This, okay, this is not working for me, man. I don't know. I'm a I'm little taking I'm, you out. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna come is, up and see you and I take you out and weird. you're you're gonna be blown away. You're not understanding the artistry. We're gonna record this for for the show and it's gonna be on our YouTube page. We should totally YouTube that slash. You know, whatever, and everyone's gonna see this. They're gonna see me turn green. What's the big seafood place that sponsors like all the Celtics games and everything? What's oh legal legal seafood? Legal seafood. So we should go to Boston, catch a game, and then video your first sampling of sushi. Maybe we can get legal seafood to sponsor this whole thing. I'm just trying. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if they've got the uh, if they got the whole. I don't know if they do sushi. I don't. I yeah. I've never eaten there because I'm out of market now, but. You are out of market. You are you're way out of market now. But the Philly roll is everywhere. Like I've been I've been in Vegas and had the Philly roll. You know I've been up and down the East Coast for work. Like I'm in Sedona right now. I bet if I found a sushi restaurant, they would have a Philly roll. I bet the reason there's no Philly roll in Maine is because it's Philly. The rivalry that makes it'd be, sense. It'd be like yeah. oh yeah the New York roll. Yeah we don't sell that here. <laughs> we don't do that. Nope. Oh, they, yeah, Legals does have a, a, a sushi menu. So see if they've got the Philly roll. See if they have the Philly roll. All right, we're going to do we'll, this. We'll close on this. And by the way, Legal Seafood is getting serious props right now without yeah. even 
Well, listen, sponsor the show, guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, what's his name there? The guy that always does the little, little hits on, uh, on there. Okay. Yeah, no, no, there's no, there's no Philly roll. None of that. No Philly uh, roll. Hawaiian roll, shrimp tempura, caterpillar roll. That sounds delicious. Whoa. Never had that. Never Rainbow had that. roll. Yeah. Spider roll. Common. Yep, common. Hiyashi Wakama. This is terrible. There are probably Japanese speakers who are listening to me talk and they're like, oh my goodness. What a moron. Yeah, no, no. Well, I just, I will end the show on this. And yeah. I, I, my, my girls have requested to go to a game this year. Yes. So I was really excited, but they want to go up. So, um, we're going to make a trip to Boston. We're going to go to a game. Maybe you and I could coordinate it. Yes. You could have the families there, and then oh my, my family will treat your family to sushi. Oh. But we'll go to – listen, but we'll go to a place that has Chinese and Japanese. So okay. you can still get your pork fried rice, and then if the kids are like, bleh, bleh, then, oh and we'll just order a couple of like, you know, standard awesome rolls, and yeah. you just try one if you guys <laughs> like awesome it. Rolls. I'd like, so many, I'd like this, two of the yeah. standard awesome rolls, please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, the, vo- the volcano roll is definitely a standard awesome. It will happen if I have a volcano bowl. I told you this. This is this is part and parcel. You got the volcano bowl right. and the volcano. Did legal seafood have in the volcano roll? I bet legal seafood does not have traditional Chinese though. So we're gonna have to find. I think that's a safe right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's all kinds of. It's it's Boston. I mean, my gosh, they got. They I bet got we get. All right, we're gonna end the show right now. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I bet we get more comments on this outtake take yes. out conversation yes. then we have anything else the entire off season and nick Gelso's coming too yeah yep Gelso, we'll the th- the two of us are families and nick Gelso Gelso. Will, he will never want to sit with families like that ever again he's he's a smart oh, man no he'll he'll love it <laughs> he'll love it sit next to us old heads the three us old head podcast if we're doing volcano bowls it, it's oh, okay be he's in yeah. Oh, he's in, but it'll be messy for all of us. That's good. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Run out of the garden. That'd be a good time. Yeah. We'll have to get a hotel close by. You, t- you two will probably try to stage some sort of anti Kyrie thing, and I'll have to bail you two out or something. I'll just have to try to. I think I told you how I had to flag down Gorman so I could introduce him to my son. So now I've got to try to flag him down again. Hey, like, Mike. Like, hey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's awkward, but it's. But it was so worth it. A couple All right, volcano in you. It will really be, oh, be easy. It'll be easy. <laughs> it'll be awkward, but it'll be easy. It won't be awkward until the next day. That's All right. Cool. So, uh, how does it go? Oh, and if you're still listening, Domo. What? Domo. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Domo? Thank you. That Domo's thank you. Yeah. Hey. It's like the. It, you're, you're talking the Philly roll to me right now. I'm telling you, I think domo means thank you in Japanese. That was a good way to end it. Oh, maybe it's domo arigato. Shoot. Mr. Rovato? Yeah, I think so. Domo arigato. <laughs> All right, enough people listening to us search the internet. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs>